and welcome to the Big Review Ski. My name is Owen, and who who's that over? There's somebody over there. Get over here! Oh, it's Rory Cashin. Hello, Rory. Hi. Um, thank you for reefing me across with a hook that you <laughs> yeah. threw into my chest and pulled me. Are you okay? Closer to the microphone. I mean, I am bleeding out, but I can maybe get through this recording before I need to go get myself patched up. I'll call an ambulance. Thank you. You tell everybody why we're here. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about the 2021 adaptation of Mortal Kombat. Now, have you seen the 1995 adaptation of Mortal Kombat? So the answer is yes, multiple times. Ooh. And the reason because of that was Mr. Trainer. Big shout out to my history teacher. Mm. Is he used to wheel, you know, one of those coming into the summer sure. holidays and days of board whenever he wheeled the television into the room and for some reason he always just had uh, a copy of Mortal Kombat available so this obviously would have been when it came out in video a couple of years after the 95 release because mm. I don't remember ever seeing it in the cinema but <laughs> yes the answer is multiple times in history class I couldn't tell you the history of anywhere but I can't tell you the history of Mortal Kombat <laughs> well I feel like this is like maybe your uh, your your space your safe space more than mine but yeah I like it was one of those films that when you've seen it the first time uh, depending on what age you were, you're probably like, this is the coolest film of all time. My God, yeah. I lose my mind. And then in uh, hindsight, you're like, oof, this is uh, ropey, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> this is subpar. And it is just another example of uh, how like 99% of the time Hollywood has failed to get a good adaptation out of a video game. But I think this new one is closer to the top tier of those adaptations. Now, I know that does sound like damning with faint praise, because, <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, I think because Mortal Kombat is so synonymous with being super-duper violent, the makers of this were like, we're just going to have to lean into it, guys. Um, and we do get a super-duper violent version of Mortal Kombat, which I think everyone has been waiting for for decades since the first game came out. Um, and we were lucky enough to chat to the new Sub-Zero, who's played by Joe Taslam, and also the movie's director, um, Simon McCowd, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, it's M-C-Q-U-O-I-D, so it's not it's not McQuaid, like I it's thought. It's not McQuaid. It's McQuaid. <laughs> Would you not just say McQuaid? Simon McQuaid. I, I, mean, I like the way you're saying McQuaid, though. McQuaid, yeah, that makes, that makes more sense. Okay, fine. Let's um, just call him Simon the director. Yeah. Everyone knows who we're talking Simon, about. Simon, the Mortal Kombat director. Um, That's the boy. So we uh, we got chatting to the two of them. Up first, you'll hear me chatting to Joe Taslam about playing Sub-Zero, an iconic video game character, um, why he thinks video game adaptations to date haven't been good on the whole, and also what his favorite fight was in the new movie. Joe, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Rory? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. First of all, congratulations on the movie. I had such a fun time watching this film. It is it's, it's exactly the kind of film I want to tell people to go once it's safe, go back to the cinema, watch this film. Great fun. Um, I understand you were essentially the first cast member to sign on for the movie. Uh, and I understand mm-hmm. your son had a big part in you signing on for the movie. But uh, as I'm sure you're, you're probably aware, video game movies have a, a touch and go uh, history. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, 
yeah. Uh, how yeah. did you know that you were you were in safe hands with this? And what was the point where you're like, I feel good about this? I think when I read the script, the first the first ten pages of the script, when when they decided to to go way back, what happened in the rivalry of Scorpion and and and, and Sub Zero, I I was like hooked straight away. I was like, okay, this is the one, because. To play, you know, to be in a movie, like game adaptation movie, you need to give more soul to each character because most, most, most movies, they're just, okay, the movie is so, uh, the game is so successful. And then we just have to just, you know, copy everything. And then, but the most important, the most important part is when you watch a movie, it's different than you play the game. When you play the game, there is no, there's no journey. It's just you play the game as the, as the character it is and then his skill or the fight, especially fighting game. But in the movie, you got to tell the fans, the audience more like what happened before because they will ask that question. And then you cannot just put a movie for Scorpion fighting Sub-Zero in a costume doing like fire versus ice. But when I read the script, when they want to go to like way back ancient japan when sub-zero when they were young and sub-zero was a young sub-zero probably probably that way that was probably his first mission from the link way to get rid of the uh, should i Ryu? so i was kind of like this is the thing that i can do more as an actor i can play with this character i can give more because just to be badass and kick ass it's just boring you know you yeah. gotta, I got, you gotta give more because People love badass action scenes because they understand who the character is. But just to enjoy a badass action scene as it is, is boring, right? You don't, you don't engage, yeah. Well, you did a great job because uh, I was fully engaged in every action scene that was in it, and they were all massively impressive. Uh, and no, no, uh, no you know, offense to your co-stars, but I think so, like pretty much all of the best scenes in this movie involve Sub-Zero. Every time you're on screen and there's an action scene, I was like, yes, it's going to be good. I can feel it. Um, without giving any spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the movie yet, is there a particular scene you're excited for the audience to, to finally see? Well, you've seen... Oh, no spoiler. Okay. Oh. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the, the final fight, the final fight the way I played the fight is very um, chronological in terms of physical. Because mm-hmm. I, I, was, I used to be an athlete. I, I, I fought a lot. I fought like for 12 years. And I understand in the fight, in the action movies, most people forget they're losing breath. Most people forget they get tired. There's always the hero at the end of the fight walking like nothing happened. Like, just like in a slow-mo, like he didn't survive a 10 minutes of crazy fight. I, I was an athlete. I know. I know. I need to give the audience more, especially in this movie. I need to give... When, when people see that he is getting tired and tired and tired until the max that... And then you will engage because as a human being, you know, because, you know, when you walk the stairs for 10 minutes, you'll catch your breath. And these guys fighting this two super, super opponents, of course, he's going to get tired. So what, a lot of love action movies, they forget. And, but in this moment, in this movie, in the final fight, I hope I can deliver that people are going to go back to logic and relevant way to see the fight, not just the coolness. You know? 
Yeah. Uh, Joe, I could I could literally talk to you all day about this film, but unfortunately, uh, this yeah, let's is run out. more. <laughs> I would love to, Joe. <laughs> okay. uh, but unfortunately, time has run out. Thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations you, again right. on the movie, and best of luck with everything going forward. Thank you. Thank you, Rory. That sounded like you and Joe were friends because mm. I know you're a really good actor, and you always pretend to be friends with people. But always. he was actually. It's always nice when he just uses your name and stuff and has a proper conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a lovely guy. And for someone who, you know, if he, I feel like if he wanted to, he could look at you Mm. in a certain way and your body would have snapped in half because he just seems like a terrifying human being. Because he was also in like The Raid and he was in uh, a few other of those uh, like Tony Jaa movies. So you feel like if he just wanted to, he could use his index finger to turn your entire body to dust uh, well whenever you're walking around in your next gang fight mm, and you and your friends like west side he's story. gonna be really yeah pretty much <laughs> less songs more more backbreaking yes. um he's gonna be very handy to have around that is a brilliant point that he made though uh and it's something that just adds that wee element here like an element of authenticity to the mortal Kombat movie we, yeah, um yeah. but no but that you know whenever they're having a fight and he is thinking about okay no if this was a real fight i'd be absolutely be shattered wrecked completely knackered i'm gonna need a lie down after completely finishing other people but um it's nice that he was he was thinking in that way anyway and it's not just about like you know you know spilling as much guts and, and causing as much gore as possible which is also great it is also great and it was one of the primary talking points i had with the movie's director simon mcquoud of the clan mcquoud um yeah so like i i i knew so many other questions i wanted to ask but the one i definitely had to ask simon was did he get an opportunity to actually sit through the history of the fatalities in the Mortal Kombat games? I go, this is the one I want. This is the one that's going to get people talking about how violent this movie is. Um, and as it turns out, he, he, he kind of did. Kind of. Um, when you see the movie, there are obviously some spectacular fatalities in there, but it, it does come down to which ones fit in this movie. Uh, because there are particular characters who like really famous characters from Mortal Kombat who aren't in it and he does talk about this specific reason why uh, one of them isn't in this movie but is teed up specifically for the sequel mm-hmm. so they're already, they've already got Mortal Kombat 2 in mind um, and Simon discusses why he, he or she or they, sorry no spoilers um, couldn't be in this movie. Who's that? Simon who? McQuaid. Mm, thought so. Yeah. Simon, how are you doing today? I'm very well. Very well. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the movie. I had an absolute blast watching it. It was so, so much fun. Uh, I can't wait for people to get back to the cinema or just even watch it wherever they can and enjoy it as much as they can. Um, it, I, I do feel like you've successfully done something that so many other directors haven't and you've cracked the code of a good movie based on a video game because uh you know a true 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 previous examples uh it's it's been tough uh what is it do you think about this particular adaptation or any advice you'd give future video game directors for cracking that code well i just think respect the material and know what know where the potency is and know what's loved and know what you don't, it's not about changing. 
it, but it's about elevating. So, and then it's knowing what to, to bring across. And, and the thing to not bring across is the, the construct or the, the, the engine within a video game, but, but you bring the content and you respect that. And then you apply it in a, in a, and use filmmaking techniques to make a story and new story structure and, and so forth. So it really, yeah, it was just about making sure that the, 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 the material was really respected as much as possible. And everyone really got that. Everyone was in lockstep on that. So there was a, it, it made it, made it very, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was kind of, there was no challenges. The studio really wanted to do it that way. And, um, so I'm glad you feel that that's great because it's, you know, honestly, it's just, we've all had these theories and you do it based on, okay, this is what I believe. And you have, and you put it into practice and you make it, but it's nice to hear people like yourselves who are, who know this stuff really well and sort of feel that as well. So, um, that was the, that was the certainly the intent and the strategy and the approach. Well, you, you pulled it off successfully. Uh, I guess one of the things that, as you said, they're bringing across from from the the original content were the fatalities, which were so much so much fun. And you've got, oh gosh, like decades of them through the game. Um, was there a point in the production of this where you were literally looking through the fatalities of the game, going? Which ones can we bring across <laughs> for the movie? Yeah, well, Greg Russo, the, the writer, he'd, he'd written quite a few of them in already. Um, and then, and I, it's a bit fuzzy with my memory, but, but the, the, the Kung Lao um, one with the hat, I really wanted to make sure, and I think, I think Greg had this one in there, but it was just about how we, we both really loved this, the, the idea of the hat being you know the the it just is almost born out of Kung Lao's hat and Kung Lao's character and the inventiveness of what they do in the game with that hat really you know we really loved that so we wanted to make sure that that the hat itself got got a bit of love and um and got treated with a with the respect and 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 I it sort of came out of that but yeah we looked at a lot to to make sure we were doing them justice and making sure we were doing the right ones and and really just getting the balance of the set together and making sure you know we couldn't have too too many it would have it would have pushed it over the limit um, so it was just finding that balance really um, and I didn't want them all to feel I didn't want them all to be just the same 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 type of thing you know in getting get some variation um, stylistically so um, yeah. That was kind of the approach, but but Greg was all over that. And just one uh, final question: um, It does tee itself up very nicely for a sequel. Uh, I don't want. I will not get into any spoiler territory, so don't worry about that. But just in terms of what it is, kind of teeing up, was that always the case, or was that just kind of let's see? what's left over for let's see who we haven't used in the first movie and then know that's the direction we're going to go for the potentially for the second one. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the character of Johnny Cage is a, um, he's a, he's a very tricky proposition because he's such a big, you know, he has his own 
gravitational field around him is so big. So, so we we obviously knew he was a very important ingredient, but but a very very tricky one. And we just wanted to to get the ensemble and get the lore and the tone and the feel and the canon right without him bending it out of shape. And that's really why he's not in the first one. But we also knew how important he was. I mean, there's other there's other characters who are really important too, like Katana's really important and Jade's really important. And you know, we need more female characters in the next movie if we if we do end up doing another movie. You know, I don't want to I don't want to be talking about sequels before when, when you know we 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 don't like to talk use the S word when we're sure. making the movie because it's just we want to make sure we get this right and then then we'll worry about that. But um, you know, it's just as Johnny Cage is important. So are the, the the kick-ass female characters are really important. So, you know, I get I get asked about Katana just as much as I get asked about Johnny Cage. So, um, you know, I think it's just if we do go to to make something else, then then um, it's a balancing act of who else is in, it and there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, it's it's, it's fair to say Katana does have her fans. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for your time today Simon yeah mate really nice chatting great joke for gamers there Rory very very funny and yeah. I get it and I didn't need it explained to me because I too am a gamer yeah 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 like I, I knew you didn't need the fan joke definitely not explained to you in Mm-mm. detail definitely not no 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 yeah but yeah, yeah so now that the interview is over Johnny Cage is that would be amazing. The big setup, and I, you, you can tell as well. Like even though they don't really, they hint towards them, but they're like this could be played by anyone. Um, but you get the feeling that if this first movie does well, which it has, I think it did really well in uh, the box office in the states, even though it's out on um, HBO Max over there as well. Uh, if it does well, they'll go straight to the sequel and they'll land a biggish name to play Johnny Cage for the second one. Uh, so start your dream casting now. Johnny Cage My dream. played by <laughs> Owen Doherty. I'll take it. Listen, I've been working out. And like Joe said in the first interview, I'm really good at getting out of breath, uh, especially <laughs> during fights and stuff. So I'm, right at I'm out of breath of from, from recording this. Oh, God. Can I just sit down oh, for this fight, fight, please? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so tired. Um, so where can people, I, as we said, they are very excited, especially after seeing the trailer or seeing the trailer and the Red Band trailer. But mm. when can they actually watch this brand new version of Mortal Kombat? Yes, it will be made available in Ireland via PVOT platform. So that's your Rakuten TV and Google Play and Apple TV and uh, wherever you kind of rent or buy uh, new releases will be available from Thursday 6th of May. Um, which is also my mom's birthday, so shout out to my mom. Oh, big shout out to Mrs. Cat. I, I know what she's getting for her birthday, a rental of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's this Thursday. Um, yeah, I recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the game and or a fan of massively gory cinematic violence. Oh, 100%. Um, thank you to everybody for listening to The Big Review Ski as ever. Thank you to Rory. Thank you. Thank you to Sound Paul on Sound. Thank you to our guests, Joe Taslam and Sam McCool. And uh, yeah, don't forget, to, you can check out all of our previous interviews here on The Big Review Ski. And if you have watched all of The Falcon and The Winter Soldier on Disney+, Plus, we also have a very special spin-off series of TB or Spotlight, where we uh, have a breakdown, a deep dive on every single episode of that. But something we're very excited about. Are we allowed to tell people? Right? Um, sort of. Are we even allowed to hint at it? 
we could we could tell them that there yeah. is an interview coming yes. with, with one of the biggest stars in the world. One of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, we okay. could that's I think that's all we can say. That's okay. That's I'll tell on them the that. way. And one other thing we've got coming up, we've got an interview with one of the biggest stars in the world. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, incredible. So uh stay tuned for that. And we'll see you very, very soon. Soon. We'll see you soon, boys. All right, Sean Connery. It's not Sean Connery. We have the interview with by the way. Because he's dead. Oh, it's no, he's uh, R.A.P. Sean Connery. He's a dead. He's a dead. Okay. Finish him. 